BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Good to have you with us. It's been a busy week for the Supreme Court. Yesterday, we told you about Trump's special counsel, Jack Smith, and his petition to the high court for a decision on presidential immunity in the former president's January 6th case. Today, we have more developments out of the court. The Supreme Court saying it will take up an appeal by a January 6th defendant that could result in the reversal of hundreds of charges from the events at the Capitol that day. The justices will review an appellate court ruling that revived charges against those three defendants accused of obstructing official proceedings. The Biden Justice Department brought the obstruction charges against more than 300 defendants. Justice may be finally on the horizon for those political prisoners. It's also worth noting that two of the four charges against President Trump in his January 6th case relate to this same statute. Hunter Biden on Capitol Hill yesterday to testify But instead of testifying, the president's drug-plagued son instead put on a show of his own outside the Capitol, hosting his own press conference, if you will, telling the press corps he had nothing to hide and that his father played no part in his business dealings. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners, and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life, so much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. 
no matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love the light of my dad's love for me and presented it as darkness. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. Yet, here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. So there you have it from Hunter Biden himself. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan had a press conference of their own. We're disappointed they didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and sat for questions. If you do it in an open format now, you're going to get you're going to get filibusters. You're going to get speeches. You're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this. Uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with a power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for, a, uh, for his interview, for his deposition. And frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. And that impeachment is now formalized. The next step, if Hunter decides not to come back for a deposition, is contempt of Congress. And our sources tell us Chairman Jordan is prepared to move ahead with those charges. And new details emerging about the death of Obama family chef Toffee Campbell, who drowned on the Martha's Vineyard property of the Obamas. Judicial Watch uncovered new documents revealing there were operational failures with Secret Service rescue boats during the emergency. It was confirmed that Campbell was not wearing a life jacket while he was out paddleboarding in just eight feet of water. It seems the Secret Service is having a lot of problems, whether it be drunk driving, phone record retention, visitor logs, investigating narcotics at the White House, or simply a life-rescuing operation. The Secret Service has a lot of problems. Our guest today is the host of Steve Bannon's War Room, a great American, great friend, Steve Bannon. Steve, good to have you with us. Thank you. Love the show. Love the audience. 
Well, thank you very much. And uh, same back at you. Let, let's start with 702, uh, a confused House of Representatives uh, th- that is confusing the rest of us. Your thoughts about 702 and why this shouldn't be a straight no immediately from the Republicans. It should. It's disgusting. You know, remember, Lou, for us being fascist and Trump want to be a dictator, we're the one people that are sitting there throwing down the sand. Hey, maybe we shouldn't let the FBI surveil more American citizens. This thing's outrageous. And I think it shows, you know, I love Mike Johnson. I love the biblical worldview. But on the, this is another example, I think, where he gets the intelligence community around. He sees some classified reports. The next thing he's doing, he's, he's you know, petrified and allowing this to be still slipped into this awful NDAA, which I might add has all the woken weaponized stuff we fought so hard in, in the committee to get out that when it's passed in July, it's all back in, and now you're going to have slipped into the yeah. couple of thousand pages. You're going to have slipped in an authorization, or at least a kick down the can to, to April. But people realize if it if it goes to April with the FISA, the 702 goes for another year. So it's in the tw- it's in the 2025. It's into the Trump's return. So I I think this thing it just shows you, even with guys like Jim Jordan, some solid guys, that there's just not a sense of urgency. I don't think of the House to be fighters on this thing. And and look at the Senate, all the the BS coming out of the Senate about why we why we need this. It's it's just it's uh, to me it's pathetic. I I couldn't agree with you more. I have never seen a Congress in my career that is so blatantly, obviously, just confounded uh, and in and completely without any way to find their way forward to uh, to supporting their values, their uh, purported values uh, and philosophy of the Republican Party. Lou, the war room audience is most of everything you just listed out. What they're, they're all furious about. The thing that most furious about is these guys are leaving on. Friday. They're going to leave on, on December 15th. They're not coming back to, to January 9th when, when we're 10 days away from the first CR kicking in. Now, I'm a person and I was raised and trained and just how I am, that if I have important work that needs to be done, I can't take off and go enjoy myself and do something else. I've got to get that done. I've got to focus on that and get it done. Once that's done, then I feel like maybe we take some time off. Maybe we, you know, can, can do, go do something. I don't understand these guys. There is no sense of urgency, and this is not like they're small issues. You just, you just named a couple of Republican, you know, the Republic ending uh, thing, the, the the invasion of the southern border, nine million illegals here, costing us a half a trillion dollars a year, which I don't even know is budgeted for. I think it just continues to run up the tab. Uh, this whole debacle in Ukraine, the Ukraine war is over. Everybody in Europe knows it. They allowed him to come over and, true to, and, and talk to our military, directly address our military, and then uh, and then meet with the arms manufacturers, and then you know wander around Congress with a tin, tin cup, and then had the beggars bowl out at the Oval Office, another embarrassment for another $100 billion we don't have. There's so many huge issues, and they haven't even addressed with the spending. Remember, the House is still short for appropriations bills, including justice in the FBI, which is going to be one of the real fight. The Senate, I'm not so sure, has passed four or five of them. They're six or seven short. So there's no, when we get back in the ninth, there's going to be another fire drill. There's, there's no chance this thing gets solved by the 19th of January or when the second one comes on the 2nd of February. So they're going to talk about another CR or another January, you know, omnibus. Uh, and th- this is all now <clears throat> the fault of leadership. 
Mike Johnson, who everybody backed when he got in there, it just seems to not understand what this moment's about. And this moment's about a crisis of the American Republic. It can only be addressed with hard work. And I mean hard work that is, you know, six and seven days a week, 18 to 20 hours a day. And uh, the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would uh, not be offended if you took a couple hours, had a, uh, a, a little a ceremony uh, in, the, in the Capitol on the morning, on Christmas morning, and went back to work, which I think is what has to happen. And I, what do you think the odds are that'll happen? Less than zero, Mr. Dobbs. Hey, bro, <laughs> they're leaving. You know them. Don't don't get over at Reagan. Don't get in the way of any of these guys leaving town on on Friday because they'll run over you, right? They're leaving. They, they booked it, the tickets. It's all done, and they're not back. And they're not back to the night. Lou, are you taking? Do you take three weeks off for Christmas? Do you take? Are, are we a couple of guys in like Stad, Switzerland, the the Davos crowd skiing in the Swiss Alps? I've never heard only, of people taking three weeks off. Yeah, only when uh, Klaus Schwab has a sweet book for me and with plenty of advance notice, which hasn't happened uh, for decades. So uh, it's a uh, it is stunning to me that we are in 2023 in America and it feels nothing like the country that I have lived in for my entire life. Uh, it feels nothing like the capital that uh, I've been in and out of and the and the officials that are inhabiting it. I, I see a country that is truly, uh, truly uh, caught in some sort of centrifugal force. And I want to take that up with you uh, when we come back. We're talking with Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon's War Room. We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot Georgetown dot edu slash podcast. We're back with Steve Bannon and Steve. I, I, there seems to be something going on here, forces at work that I can't identify, uh, but which I feel, uh, which I uh, and I trust my instincts and my intuition. Uh, there are great, great forces at work here uh, that. Uh, are somehow beyond our, our vision and somehow beyond our senses uh, to identify. Y your thoughts about what is a turbulent, turbulent uh, period of time in our history? We know I've been a big advocate of um, this concept of uh, called turnings, you know, the, 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 the um, cyclical nature of American history. And uh, it was personified in the book, The Fourth Turning. I made a movie about it. I don't know, in 2009, so what, 14 years ago. 
right. called Generation Zero. But Lou, you were nice enough to have me on the show when I came out with the film, you and Sean. Um, you know, I just had Tucker on the show for the launch of his new news site, and I went back to Tucker's, because I've known Tucker a long time, and he's kind of a happy warrior like Andrew Breitbart. They're in the fight, but these guys are very optimistic, glass, you know, half right. full, blah, 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 all that. And he's taken a very darker turn the last six months. Or his heritage speech, his speech he's given, and I asked him, I said, look, you've always been a upbeat guy. We're in the Southern Uplands, and you've gotten – you got almost as dark as I've got. What? And he said, he says, listen, I, he said, the country I knew and loved is now gone and, and fa- fastly receding. I don't know if we can get it back. We probably can, but it's going to be a hard fight. But he says, I sense a sense of darkness. He says, I've noticed this even with my friends, the friends that even I've lost in, in being such a, uh, a member of the MAGA movement and, uh, you know, the, the, the America Firster. And he goes on about this darkness. And I think you're right. There, there's something out there. And I think this is just the cyclical nature of history, like in Ecclesiastes. Yeah. We're in a season of darkness. And it's upon, it's upon us patriots to now bind together and to kind of make a blood oath and fight our way through here and try to save this republic. Because if we don't do it, and we don't do it now, uh, we're going to lose it forever. What was bequeathed to us from 12 or 13, 14 generations uh, is going to be lost. And this is the new Jerusalem. It's the most unique country in the history of man. It's done, it freed more people, created more wealth, done more for humanity than any uh, country in the history of the earth. And we're in a fight for it right now. And I, but I agree with Tucker. There's a, there's a certain darkness out there that is uh, kind of a brooding specter over us. And it's for us patriots to, uh, to punch through this. I think it's very clear. I don't see the darkness that that you or Tucker's see. What I see is uh, uh, fearful hearts, uh, un, uncertain minds, and and opponents, enemies who are obviously clear. But, but, uh, under- I think, but see, I think you described it. I think you described the the, the uniparty globalist um, progressive left is so vicious and so outside the bounds of what has been traditional Americanism. That it's that fear. And I think it's in Congress. I think it's a two play. You worked at two of the greatest. You worked at CNN at the top of its game and you worked at Fox at the top of its game and you're seeing it there. And it's one of the things Tucker and I talked about. They're good people. There are many good people in Congress. A lot of them are just flatly afraid. They're afraid of stepping up. They're afraid of having a sense of urgency. They're afraid of being a fighter because they see what happens when you step up at Fox and at CNN and other media companies. They're good people there, but they're afraid. They're afraid they'll be terminated. They're afraid their career will be ruined. And when people get into their 30s and 40s that they've spent 20 or 30 years getting to these positions, it's it's you know easier said than done. There, there's not a lot of, you know, Lou Dobbs is a Steve Band, Tucker Carlson says, hey, screw it. <laughs> I'll go do something. I'll start a podcast. It'll be just as big. I'm not saying we're particularly brave, but, you know, we, I think, understand risk and how you try to mitigate it. A lot of people don't know that. It is definitely fear, but it's not a, it's not an irrational fear. Look, look what they're doing to Trump. Trump, dude, if I told you, if I'd been on your show in in, in 2020 and I said, hey, Lou, they're going to steal this thing. We're going to get, hey, Lou, we're going to get 74 million votes. You know, I thought I did a great job. We got 63 and 16. We're going to get 74 million votes, Lou, and we're still going to lose between a combination of either the machines or the mainland ballots. You pick them. But that in a couple of years, Trump's going to be indicted four times on 91 counts, 700 years in prison on criminal charges, 
They're going to have a show trial like the Moscow show trials in 1935 in New York and strip him of all the business his family's worked on for generations. And, oh, by the way, they're going to be in nine swing states trying to take him off the ballot because, oh, yes, with all this, he's still leading in the polls. You would have said, I've lost my mind. That that's not America. It can't happen. It's impossible to happen. That that could not happen. That the Justice Department judges uh, these states, particularly even states like Georgia, uh, would never allow that to happen. And yet here we are. And and so people look at that, and people look at Mike Lindell, and they're trying to put Mike Lindell in banks. You know, Mike Lindell went through a very tough time about a hundred days ago. I mean, to you know, he came on the show today and said, "Hey, he wanted to thank the warden, the Warren Posse, who really kind of put our shoulder to the wheel." He says. He didn't think he'd be able to pay Christmas bonuses. They're trying to destroy Lindell. They're trying to destroy Trump. They're, they're, if you step out of line ever, ever, uh, at one of these big media companies, you're out and your career is over. If you step out in a corporate, uh, in one of these corporate uh, Fortune 500s, you're out and gone. You could be 35 or 40 years old. James O'Keefe gave this speech the speech other night about this, about fear. And there was a, in an audience, I think it was at the University of, um, I think it was Northwestern or someplace like in the University of Chicago. There was a young minister there was about 35, an Episcopal, Episcopalian minister. And he said, look, uh, he says, look, it's easy for you to say, but he says, I am afraid. He says, I'm, you know, 42 years old. I got two kids, a wife and a mortgage. If I get fired here, the reason they fire me will be on my record forever. I won't be able to get a job. I won't feed my kids. People have fear and they have fear because our enemies, and that's what they are, have no bounds. They, they are out for the politics of personal destruction. And uh, and people are fearful. And that's why it's incumbent upon us and others to say, hey, look, and that's why in Congress you have a few. You don't have many. You have a few. And that's all we need. We need a few more to say, look, uh, this is Republic ending what they're doing. If we don't stand up now, if we don't fight, if we don't stand the breach every day, this is going to be over. And the Republic, the, this country will still be something. It will still be wealthy. It will still be powerful. But it will not be the constitutional republic that was handed down to us and bequeathed to us. And that's why this moment is everything right now. We're going to talk with Steve Bannon about how we've squandered a legacy in this country, which is part of this uh, this calculus and what has created our current reality. We're also, I, I want to remind everyone, uh, that there is uh, that expression, uh, the uh, politics of personal discretion. We thought it was just a, a, a relic of the past from Hillary Clinton uh, and Bill Clinton uh, and the Clintonistas. Uh, they're the ones who brought that to, to the fore and is a, is a vicious weapon in American politics. Guess what? It's even meaner, nastier, and more effective than ever. We're coming right back. Stay with us. We're back with Steve Bannon. And, and Steve, you, you've been... Uh, podcasting much longer than me you've been immensely successful i, I can't yeah i'm wait. an old vet I'm, a, I'm an old vet lou you've been doing this <laughs> you're 40 years into this you're the you're the dean everybody knows if trump and i watched trump's watching you back in the 80s i was watching you back when i was a naval officer you're you're the dean you're you're the you're the mentor when it comes to this well, you're very kind, and and I learn from uh, from you and uh, Mr. Trump uh, all the time. But here we go. I feel a com a, a compunction to to be bright and uh, at times airy and uh, positive, 
is I'm trying to also inform my audience and to give them the, my perspective uh, of what is going on in this country. And there are days I have to say, I don't pull a punch, but maybe I'll just kind of try to land it uh, a, a little softer than otherwise. But we are right now, I'm running out of ways to avoid the reality uh, that is, is, in point of fact, a reality that is confused, that is often inexplicable. And I think even the best minds uh, in, in this country right now are not devoted to solving the problems that are so obvious, uh, whether it is our relationship with uh, with the People's Republic of China, uh, whether it is Russia, whether it is the Middle East. Uh, we have people like uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Jake Sullivan. I, I mean, we have some of the worst talent in the world working on the, the biggest problems, I think, that the country has ever faced short of war. I agree with you. I mean, if you look at the team, that's why it's so important, I think, for this politics is for the Congress to start getting on top of things and start having a sense of urgency and start defunding things. And also for all of us to get our shoulder to the wheel and make sure that not only we win 2024, but that we can close the deal. We won last time. It didn't close. We don't have that option now. We have to we have to close the deal. And so I think that that's why all the chips are at the table. And I think and I strongly believe that that's why, you know, from Tucker to, to you to what we're doing on Real America's Voice, on Lindale TV, all these podcasts, they're, they're, they're so important because you're not getting that information at Fox. You're not getting that information clearly at MSNBC or, or CNN and even most of the conservative media. So we have a lot of uncertainty. One thing I feel quite comfortable, what I feel good about is that I like who's on our side of the football. Uh, at the end of the day, just like in any sport, it's about not just your plan, your strategy, because that only goes to the first time you get punched in the mouth. As Mike Tyson used to say, you have to have a team. And I like our team. I like the way we're adding to our team. I like when I were doing interviews in the streets of Chicago and you have young African-American men that said they've had enough of these illegal alien invaders being dumped into their city to destroy it. Uh, when you have people in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, Hispanic Americans who have said they've had enough of this, this invasion of our country. I, I like who we have. I think we're growing every day. Uh, not only are these podcasts getting bigger, but the movement's getting bigger, it's getting more energized, and people want action, and they're able to call out uh, even guys that we like and support, like Mike Johnson, who's a good man and a Christian man with a great biblical worldview, but you need to get urgent. And uh, so I like where we are, although I think it's dark and it's going to get a lot darker because I, will tell, I tell people I don't see the deep state and the administrative state welcoming the Trump and the MAGA movement back to power in January 2025 with open arms. I just want to be blunt about that. And I think we got to really be prepared for a very uh, uncertain and crazy 2024, the entire year. So let's batten down the hatches. I'm batting down the hatches in full speed ahead. I, I, I want to talk to you, though, uh, as we are wrapping up here. You were part of, uh, you're a big part of the reason that President Trump won the White House in 26, uh, 2016. Uh, you were a big part of uh, establishing uh, the administration and and counseling the president. I believe chief strategist was your uh, your title there. Uh, and and I I have to ask you, do you see a way forward in terms of the organization that President Trump has right now? Do you see a way forward 
uh, in, in the way the RNC is organized? Well, I think there's two. Well, number one, I think to prepare to take over the administration is you, you've got the Heritage guys with Project 2025. You've got Russ Bell. You have other groups that are looking to train up both policy-wise and personnel, people that are ready, not people that we know Trump's going to pick, but people that are the, the draft pool that he could pick uh, for the 3,000 uh, political appointees that we can get day one. We have 4,000 overall, 1,000 are Senate confirmed, roughly 3,000 can hit the beach right away. That's right. the control of federal apparatus. It has about 2 million civilian employees, about 2.5 million military, but it also has contractors that, you know, 16 to 18 million. So it's roughly 20 million people in the apparatus. Um, and that, I think, is going very well. And I think these guys are doing a terrific job. We spent a lot of time with them, and I, I couldn't be more pleased about the depth of quality and thoughtfulness in these programs. And new people are coming on every day. We, we promoted a lot on the show, and a lot of people are volunteering and coming forward. The campaign, I think, right now for a primary is perfectly structured. I think they've done a really good job. It's a very tight uh, group. Uh, President Trump knows his policies. He's doing a lot of policy himself in these speeches. But if you look at the organization in uh, Iowa and in New Hampshire and in South Carolina, these early states, it's, it looks like it's very well organized. I think even more organized than Corey had in 16. Corey did a terrific job. Um, the, over, the general campaign, they're probably going to have to power up. I think President Trump will make that decision at the time when to power up. Now we talk about outside PACs and the RNC. The RNC is a disaster. President Trump should call for We had Charlie Kirk on the show today. We're adamant. President Trump is only President Trump can do it. He's got to call for Ronna to step down. We have to revamp the RNC immediately. The state parties of Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, these places, these people have very little money, very little organization. They're central. Also, Georgia, Nevada. We need the we need the big six to be hitting on all cylinders. That's not happening. They're not raising money. She's got to go. That's a debacle. Um, as far as the PACs go, I, I, I'm not feeling it right now. Uh, I think President Trump's a lot of his time and attention is diverted like the, the like the left wing wanted on this uh, on legal. They're, they're really sucking up his time and his focus. I think we'll power up. I think the right packs will come. I think the donors will finally understand it's going to be Trump. I hope that all comes together in February, March of this coming year. And it's got to come together quickly. You have to get together and put this drive. Look, we've wasted tons of money. I think we're going to end up wasting six or $700 million on these debates in this bogus primary. Uh, but everybody should have the answers. All the donors should have the answers now. Hey, you gave DeSantis a shot. You gave Nikki a shot. You gave Christie a shot. You gave Young kind of quasi shot. None of them got any uh, traction. It's time to come together back with President Trump. So I'm optimistic in that regard, but there's a lot of work that has to be done. I can see the pieces, the structural pieces, and I see the personnel. I really like some of the team members we've got. And it's all about it's all about grinding every day. You're going to have to grind every day between now and 5 November 2024 if you want to win. And I mean 20 hours a day, seven days a week. If those people are prepared to do it particularly given the debacle the country's had uh, with Biden and the rest of this radical crew, I think good things will happen. And good things have to happen because if we don't win, we'll lose the country. Yeah, we. this is the precipice. There is no doubt about it. And uh, and you've heard it, folks, uh, from the man who knows. Uh, he, this is uh, a, a, let me ask one question in closing. Do you have a perfect candidate in mind or a semi-perfect, I'll take even semi-perfect, uh, person in mind uh, for uh, to replace Ronna McDaniel. 
I, I've got a perfect person I would put in there right away. I put Don Jr. in there. I think Don Jr. I think Don Jr. Well, number one has his father's confidence. Number two knows what his father's thinking is. Number three is a huge popular figure among the grassroots and can raise a ton of money among the grassroots. Uh, three is high energy, uh, knows what the mission is. I would put Don Jr. in in a, in a second, and a Kimberly Guilfoyle could be his wingman. I think we'd be in perfect shape. There's a bunch of others out there, but if you had to ask me, you know, the person I would go to first, I'd ask Don Jr. to do it. Don Jr. would work 24 hours a day, 10 days a week to support his father, the love he has for his father, and understanding what his father has given up by coming back and doing this again. Right. If Trump had walked away, none of this would have happened. He's now a fight for the family, a fight for the country, uh, and a fight for himself. So I think Don Jr. is my perfect candidate. You know what? Can I sign the the petition first? I think it's a great idea. I think you're exactly well, right. Thank Steve, you. we appreciate you being with us and uh, all the very best to you. God bless you and God Lou, bless America. Lou, I'm your second. I'm your second biggest fan. Your first fan. First biggest fan is President Trump himself. I'm your second biggest. I've watched you for since the 80s. You're an American institution, and we're so lucky to have you still at your age, where you could go do anything you want to commit and do the work you do to uh, to help save this republic. So thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. Love the show. Um, uh, you and the missus are the best. And uh, just uh, have a, a great holiday. Great. Well, I want to say first, I'm honored. And thank you very much for those kind words. And I wish you a Merry Christmas as well. And uh, everyone listening to us and all of our fellow uh, patriots uh, across the country, uh, God bless and Merry Christmas. Thank you, brother. Thanks to Steve Bannon. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show is a great investigative journalist, Julie Kelly, covering January 6th and also the special counsel investigations and prosecution of President Trump. Julie, one of the stars of Real Clear Investigations. So please join us for Julie Kelly and join us each and every day on The Great America Show. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and may God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.